Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to the hottest sports talk show. I've never had it so good sports radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We're excited about kicking off a brand new week of broadcasting, and we get started tonight with Where Are They Now? and our guest, Guy Holiday. Let me welcome in my co-host, Duck Rowley. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well, Princess. I was waiting on the, I was, I was sitting back waiting on the music, but oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I thought about it 30 seconds ago that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the wrong one was chosen, and I was hoping that you didn't have this conversation with me live on air and called me out, but you did. <laughs> Oh yeah, look, I was gonna call you out anyway because I've been looking for that that Florida softball team. I can't find them. Oh, let's see now, but that's okay. The Florida baseball team is now into the super regionals, oh, and boy. the men's golf team just won the national championship. So I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to go ahead and get that <laughs> off of my chest. Um, every year since 2008. Florida has won a national championship in some sport every year since 2008. Um, that was a great segue, wasn't it, Doug? Thank you for lobbing that up there for me. <laughs> it's the only slam dunk I've ever had. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we don't have Mr. Holiday in the system, so do you want to check on him? Um, and then I'll, I'll take a little small break here. Oh, you, you don't have Tim in the system either? No, Tim nor Mr. Holiday. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So we'll take a little break here. Never had a so good sports talk radio. We'll back be back in about thirty seconds. You're inside. Never had it so good sports radio. Join us live weekdays at seven PM and on site at Hills Barbershop on Fridays at five PM. We make it easy to talk sports. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. And we're back. We've never had it so good. Sports Talk Radio. We're kicking off our week of broadcasting. And tonight, we're doing Where Are They Now? And our guest is going to be former college coach Guy Holiday. We're also celebrating Father's Day. And we'll do that. We'll kick that off at 7 p.m. again. A uh, shout out to A.J. Stewart for getting it started last Thursday night 
um, running back coach for Baylor. But we'll have Dr. Donald um, Hill Ely in tonight. We'll also have North Texas head coach Clay Jennings with us. We're excited to do that. But let's go ahead and welcome back in my co-host, Duck Raleigh. Again, sir, how are you? Doing well, doing well, Precious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Clay is Clay is assistant coach at uh, North Texas. Okay, all right, assistant yeah. coach. Help me to clean that up. I don't want to get any calls or any <laughs> right, any right, right. <laughs> inboxes <laughs> later right. on for sure. Let's see if we got um, Coach Jennings in here. I'm sorry, Coach Holiday. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing good, sir. Thank you for please, being on. Please don't, please don't confuse me with Clay Jennings. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know Clay well. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And and thank you for being on. Even though Duck, the West Virginia Mountaineer, is on, we 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 let him slide with that one. So we appreciate you being on it with us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'll let Duck slide with being a Mountaineer too. But everybody knows if you're not a Trojan, you just always finish in second. So. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> I like oh. him. I won't miss him. My team. I won't mention my team, Duff, you and you and Coach Holiday just <laughs> you guys he just, he, hey look, he just ended the interview. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm I'm just getting started. I mean we can go back to the to the eighties and, and talk about the brief West Virginia history or we can just go all the way back oh. to the fifties on through and talk about USC. But I mean who's talking about that? We can, Wow. Hey, I like you. Hey, <laughs> Coach Holiday, come hey, back anytime. Hey, look, hey, look. That shows you how tight we are, you know. Yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> Amen. All right, Amen. God, we're, we're going to get started because, uh, look, we're going to have to rush through this one because I know you ain't going to be killing me off on, my, on the show with <laughs> Princess, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, God, kind of, kind of take us through, you know, you know where you grew up, and you know how football was, you know, instrumental in your life. Well, I grew up in West Baltimore, which most people are familiar with the Wire, um, and so I was growing up at that time that 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 was prevalent in in Baltimore, and we, you know, people know about West Baltimore, whether it's Freddie Gray or. Um, uh, I grew up in Harlem Park area, which was right around from where the CVS was burnt down, and, and uh, so I, I had a um, a humble background, I think is the best way to put it. But uh, coming from a single parent, father died when I was six months in Vietnam, and uh, so I uh, really used athletics as a, um, an extension to have male role models around to. Uh, to provide discipline. My mother worked three jobs, two, three jobs, and uh, I came from a family where education, um, no one had gone to college prior to myself, I think. Uh, so, you know, for me, athletics provided a uh, not a way out. I, I don't ever like to say that because I think too many people rely on that. But what it, it opened doors for me that I didn't realize existed. Uh, so started playing football and baseball mainly at a young age and, and, uh, going to the rec centers, which unfortunately on the East coast, not many of them still exist, but you know, that, that was, uh, 
that was a part of it for me. Started out at Dunbar, went to Poly, grad, ended up graduating from Poly in Baltimore because that was the big football school at that time. And, of course, Dunbar was basketball. And it earned me a, a scholarship. Um, went out to the University of Southern California, which uh, was as far away as I could get uh, from the environment that I was raised in and, um, uh, and really had a chance to show me a different side of life and, and went on to play. Uh, in the NFL, and and then from there went on to become a college coach. And I think my reason for going into that really was because I wanted to have an influence on on young men. And, uh, you know, not not particularly – well, yeah, particularly young men of color who a lot came from my background and and really understand. There was a guy named Andre Waters uh, in Philadelphia that convinced me to go get my degree from Cheney State. Uh, or finished my degree at Cheney and, and had a chance to to be around um, African-American people who were excelling, um, you know, in, in different levels. And then from after football, went on to become a coach, started out at, at Tuskegee and then Alabama State and went on to Western Michigan and uh, won two MAC championships there and Mississippi State and all over the country and, and finished up two years ago at Utah and um, had some health issues and, and now all that's behind me and, and really enjoying life. Okay. Uh, you you brought us some interesting points and I want to back up and once you start, started at Dunbar, okay, you, what grade did you leave Dunbar? Uh, I left in the, in the 10th grade. Uh, okay. Or 11th grade, I should say, beginning of the 11th grade year. Um, I mean, Dunbar is, you know, I mean, Muggsy Bogues was there, Reggie Williams. I mean, we all know the Dunbar legacy. And, right. Uh, they were great basketball players. And, and honestly, it was a way from my house. So uh, I had to catch the bus. And so I went to Poly, where I still had to catch the bus. But Poly was a big football school. I'm Mike Pitts and I mean, the Brian Baker is so many different great high school football players that came out of there. Okay. But, but Guy, when did you realize that you might have the potential to go to the next level? I, You know, I don't know if I ever really realized it, Duck. I just – you know, I when I was a little kid, uh, and I still have the paper, you know – Back then, and I can say this because we're the same age, you know, they taught handwriting. And uh, one of the things that they all asked you, or writing class, or whatever it was, they all asked you, write three things that you wanted to be in life. And I wrote <laughs> football player, football player, football player. So <laughs> it, it it wasn't really that I realized that I could. I just didn't know any other thing that I really enjoyed doing. And um you know, and so I, I think as I got along, when I got to the 11th grade, I thought, okay, and, and you know, college people would come around, and, and uh, man, I didn't even know going to college was a possibility. And then uh, one of the assistant coaches kind of set me down and said, you know, you could go to college. And I went home, and uh, and I told my mom, and she said, you know, we can't afford for you to go to college. You're going to have to go get a job, and then – when people started talking about you get a scholarship, then I got really focused, um, 
you know, my mother was working hard. I always knew hard work, you know, and, and I think, you know, that's one thing that, that you learn in, in sports. You get out of it what you put into it. And, uh, and so I watched my mother work hard. I never said, oh, I'm going to be a football player so I can take care of my mother. That that never really entered my mind. What I saw football as an opportunity to do was to be like people I wanted to be. You know, I grew up watching Glenn Doughty and, and – um, and so many other great players uh, uh, that played for the Colts at that time. And we used to sneak in the games. And, and so Lydell Mitchell. And, uh, and, and so we, I did all that. And, but I, and then going, what Polly helped me to do is be around people or students that were talking about going to college. Um, honestly, in having college fairs and things like that. And I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. You know, man, I can go somewhere. And then when they told me it was free, oh, I was all in. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, I could get away. I didn't have to catch the number 33 bus or the 51 bus. And I could get away from going to the Hippodrome Theater on Tuesdays with my mother. I could do something else in life. I was like, this sounds pretty good to me. So uh, it just became a, a dream, and then that dream became a goal. Okay, boom. Okay, you get your scholarship. Now you're going from the East Coast to the West Coast. The adjustment. Um, you know, that's that's interesting. The major adjustment was being around a bunch of people that didn't look like me. Uh, and sitting in classrooms with people that were really smart, using words that I never heard of. You know, I mean, my vocabulary, if I could get three syllables in a word, that that was unbelievable. <laughs> These jokers were walking in using, like, six-syllable words. I mean, they were – it was it was amazing. And uh, so I wasn't intimidated by it, but at the same point, there were times I didn't feel like I fit. But then I realized that they wanted to be me, and uh, they wanted to do what I could do. And so then I started looking and, and saying, okay, and then uh, my dad was Samoan, so, and I didn't know anything about the Polynesian culture. No one taught me because I, uh, I was raised as a little ghetto kid growing up black in West Baltimore. Nobody, I just knew I had straight hair for some reason, so... You know, that that added to me being a good athlete because either you stayed in the fight or you ran home. So I picked different days which one I was going to do because uh, I looked <laughs> different than other people, you know. And uh, so I, I just saw an opportunity, honestly. And, and instead of fighting it, I just started kind of trying to adapt to it and accept that, hey, these people are good people too, you know, and, and – uh, they can help me. And, and, you know, my, my mother would always say, you know, you, you, you have to, um, you give everybody the opportunity. Don't, don't just turn on a person because of they're different than you, you know? So I, I think that helped me to adjust and, you know, Hey, I mean, you grew up on the East coast. Who wouldn't want to be in the sunshine and 70 degrees that helps you adjust real quick and seeing palm trees. I'd never seen a palm tree in my life, you know, and I didn't know the ocean was actually blue. You know, in Baltimore, Chesapeake Bay, that's <laughs> as brown as brown can be, you know, so, and, and, and just seeing things that, 
I never saw before. And so, I mean, I saw a Maserati. We didn't have Maseratis, man. It was big time if you were driving a Pinto back in my day. And if you had a freaking Cadillac, oh, you were rich. But these dogs were driving cars, Maseratis and Porsches. I was like, what the hell? You know, this is this is pretty good. And then you just start thinking to myself, well, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, I didn't have all the built-in excuses. I didn't buy into, you know, you can't do this because you're black. You know, I, I looked at myself as, oh, I can do it. I mean, I don't care. I, ne- I That never even entered my mind. And, um, you know, and sitting in class, you could either, you always want to compete. And I didn't want to be dumb. I didn't want them to look at me and say I was dumb. So, you know, I, I worked extra hard and I tried extra hard just to, uh, just to, prove to people that even though I'm different, we're the same. And uh, if you're smart, then I can be smart. I don't have to be the, uh, and excuse my language, the dumbass. Sometimes you just got to, you know, be something different than what people want you to be. Okay. All right. Boom. You, you, you're getting adjusted. You're out there. You're, you're playing at USC now. Does it enter your mind that, hey, you know what? I could possibly get a pro career out of this. Yeah, because you see people who were doing it. You know what I'm saying? There were people there who were doing it. And then just like you, you know, you see a, a great opportunity came along with the USFL, and then you really start, wow, you know, I mean, these same guys that I'm walking on the field with, now they're they're living it, whether it's Marcus Allen, whether it's, um, you know, uh, Dwayne Bickett, whether it's uh, uh, Ronnie Lott, these guys are coming back, and you start saying to yourself, wow, if they did it, you know, maybe I can do it, because you're walking on that same practice field, and then all of a sudden, the the Houston Gamblers come up or the Philadelphia Stars or, you know, um, I can't be L.A. Express. And, and uh, you know, and then, of course, Donald Trump came in and ruined it all. But who's <laughs> counting back? Um, you know, <laughs> uh, but you saw this opportunity. And then back then, as you know, the money isn't what it is now. So, so many of those guys, that were players and maybe they were free agents or drafted in what 13th round back then when we were coming out, you know, they making $50,000 a year or $60,000 a year, but that was more money than our parents ever made. And so now you're looking at the fact that they're working second jobs and a lot of them had degrees and just opened up different door opportunities that you didn't know existed. And I think the greatest thing about college was you were surrounded by people who had dreams and other things outside of sports. And um, you just, in order to compete, if you're a competitor, you wanted to go in and compete. Even in the classroom, I just wanted to compete. I mean, now with me competing was if I got a C plus, that was outstanding. You know, B was like, (laughs) let's go celebrate an A oh, I was going out to the club for at least two nights, you know, and <laughs> dancing on the tables probably. But at least I had a chance, you know, and, and that's that's what's important. I was going to school with, you know, uh, Alexander Julianson, I think, was there. And then one of the founders of the storage units, uh, public storage, and 
So you're in the same circles as all the as all of these people, and really and truly, if you carry yourself in a certain way, they so much want to be you that they will accept you, and and so you have to take advantage of those opportunities. Okay, my last question before Tim and Princess come in with a question is, now, God, what did you take from your playing experience that you utilize in your coaching experience? Never forget what it's like to be a player is the number one thing and that I prided myself on. Always remember what that's like and because the older we get, the better we are. You know, we and so you know. I mean, we can. Hey, guy, guy, I don't know about that. My my stories, my stories are better. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The older we get, the better we were. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, we we kind of forget the truth. Oh no, I never like. I would always tell my players, hey, guys, I hated practice. Like I hated it. You know, but you get some guys walking in the room, oh, I loved it. Oh, I was never late. Oh, I was like, come on, let's be real. So I never wanted to forget what it was like to sit on the other side of that seat. And and I felt like if I could do that, and I remember uh, a coach once telling me, you only want two things as a player. You just want a coach to be honest with you and be fair. If you're going to be a dick, be a dick to everybody. Just don't be that way to me, okay? <laughs> and uh, I, and uh, the second thing is if I suck, just tell me I suck. Don't sit here and tell me that I'm great and you know I suck. Just tell me you suck and tell me how to fix it. And then if you do that, you can be successful. So that, that was kind of the mantra that I carried into it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna change you with your princess right now because you're using that California lingo on me. So, all right, princess. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sorry. You know me, Duck. You know, so Duck knows me. He knows what you see is what you get, and uh, that's. I'm sorry if I I don't use the proper line. That's why I never ran for public office. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Coach Holiday. I want to talk about. Hey, Chris, let me apologize to you for my past past language, but, hey, you've talked to plenty of coaches. I know some of them are a lot more politically correct than I am, but at least you're going to hear it how you need to hear it. Thank you. Apology accepted. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about recruiting um, versus recruiting when you were um, in college and and being recruited to, to how it is now and the glaring differences. Can you give me some? Um, I think, number one, uh, recruiting from a standpoint when I was in school, uh, coaches, um, you know, they spent more time trying to get to know you, trying to impress your parents, because back when I was coming out, mm-hmm. your parents were a major part of the decision. Um, what I What I've seen is parents saying nowadays, it's his decision. And I, I can tell you coming out at, at 17, 18 years old, I wasn't prepared to make that decision. You know, yeah. I'm, if I'm coming out at 17, 18 years old, I'm going to make a decision based on what feels good or who tells mm-hmm. me the best lies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, coaches, when you're recruiting, let's, let's be honest. When you, when you're, you know, when you're out there recruiting, 
there, there's a fine line between being a car salesman and being honest, you know. And uh, so when I was coming out, pe- players were getting paid now. I mean, Marcus Dupree and, you know, a lot of players got paid and, and um, people looked out for you. They took care of you. But my mother said one thing to a coach, and I won't mention a coach's name, but she said, my son will never be for sale. Because the only thing you pay for for hard for uh, manual labor, uh, and then you run them off when they're physically done, that that's called slavery. And uh, and she says, so I'm not going to sell my son. And so that that mattered to me. And when I when I was on the road recruiting, uh, I never sold anybody. Told them that they could come start. You know, I never believed in that. You got to earn it. You earn your way. And uh, yeah. and that's just how I was raised. And nowadays, what I see, or, or, and one of the things that when people ask me to get back in after being out a year and a half now, and I, I just, it's not the same game. Kids don't have to earn it anymore. Now they're being, I mean, they're making a million dollars and they haven't touched the field. I, I yep. can't grasp that. So um, I get that's fine that, that uh, they deserve to be paid. I'm not going to argue that point. I mean, people have been getting paid for a long time behind college sports, and the majority of the money has gone to the universities and the coaches, and, you know, the kids had the right to earn a degree. So now instead of people doing academics or, you know, uh, even graduation, now what's being sold is, hey, come make $750,000, which we don't have contracts, so we don't even know if the player ever gets the money that's promised to him. And we know there have been instances where that hadn't been fulfilled. Um, I think back when I was coming out, when I first started, you'd go to the high school uh, as many times as you wanted to. Uh, back then, even though you weren't supposed to, coaches would sit out front of your house. They would follow you to high school on signing day. I'm sure Duck remembers when coaches could be at your high school <laughs> when you signed. And, uh, and, hell, if you were good, really good, I mean, there was four or five coaches sitting at the high school waiting to see who you signed with. Um, you know, now it, the rules um, became more stringent, and I felt mm-hmm. like better. And then when social media hit, there are no rules. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let, let's so – that that part of it um, took the pleasure away from it for me. Now it's a twenty four seven job of messaging kids, and you know you got to know the lingo, and you got to basically yeah. you're becoming a friend. And a coach should never be a friend. A coach should be a wow. mentor, someone you respect, someone who guides you, not someone who's riding in the car with you and. Uh, you know, singing today's song and, you know, dropping this word or that word, you know, I, I, I think that that part of it, because I never looked at a coach as my friend. I looked at a coach mm-hmm. as my mentor, as someone that could give me guidance and help me achieve. Okay. Okay. We're going to have to leave it right there, Coach um, Holiday, and, and get you back. Tim Moore, do you have anything, maybe a quick 30, 40 seconds here? Um, no, I'm just enjoying this conversation, and I, I'm hearing what he's saying about uh, a lot of parents now allowing kids to make decisions uh, on things yeah. that they're not at that age prepared to uh, 
to uh, to, to make a decision on. I, I just re- sort of related to my father, who was a minister. One time he was uh, he was speaking, and he talked about going to church and how the younger generation doesn't go to church very often uh, anymore, and unless their parents, uh, you know, they tell their parents whether they want to go. And he said, when we were growing up. Uh, my parents made up my mind for me. I didn't make up my mind whether I was going to church. <laughs> All yeah. I needed to know that wasn't was, an option. You sat there from eleven to three, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All I needed to know is, is, is it Sunday? You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you tried to pull the tie off as much as you could, so you wouldn't have to sweat so much, right? <laughs> yes, sir. No, that's yeah, that was no option. Yeah, I like that. My parents made up my mind for me. Coach Holiday, yeah. have a great evening. Come back. We got to get you back, Duck. Um, don't be scared. Hey. Let's get Coach Guy back here, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> if Duck if, if if Duck has me back, I'll gladly come. I'll oh, gladly I appreciate come. As, that. Long, as long as he's willing to admit eleven national championships outweighs one any day of the week. Y'all have a great day. <laughs> he's got to come oh, back. Oh yeah. All right. Oh man, that's a parting shot. Okay. All right. <laughs> have a great week, Coach Holiday. Tim, Tim and Duck, I'll see you in just a moment. Okay. Never had it so good. 